1: I want to welcome you to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. And today we have Jennifer Marvin. Jennifer is a career and leadership coach for women engineers. She's also a life coach and an executive coach. It's great to have you on today's show. How are you today, Jennifer?
0: Good. How are you, Mark?
1: I'm good. I love the pink jacket. It's very much a statement piece, isn't it?
0: Thank you. Yes, it is.
1: I always find that, you know, when you come across people that have a, a message, something to say, often, you know, like when you thought of turtlenecks, you thought of Steve Jobs, you know, it's always interesting how we sometimes have an association based on our brand. Is that something that you kind of like purposely think about too?
0: Yes, it's kind of interesting as a woman engineer. Sometimes you stand out because you're one of the few women's in the, women in the room but also I think I like to wear pink. I look great in pink and uh I don't think you should, you know, put a bushel over that light. Do
1: you know what's really fascinating, Jennifer? It's funny. I, I think that you'll probably be the same way based on just the uh, initial uh conversation here. But even even before a podcast, I always put on like cologne, even though I know you can't smell me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's almost like, you know, when I when I find that when we kind of prepare ourselves, like whether it's a color we really identify with, or a smell—it just really helps bring the brain mm-hmm. to attention, doesn't it? Do you find that?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, de- definitely. And just also make sure I'm grounded. I went outside and did some stretches and tried to get a little sunlight.
1: Yeah, it's so important. I mean, I'm so pleased that the weather started to like improve. The sun really gives us a, a lift, doesn't it? In terms of you know our own. Energy. I think in the England in England in particular right because you know we're famous for our rain getting hotter rather than having having sunshine mm. uh, but I always think that it's so important just to be able to have a have a life of excellence and not be so kind of affected by the weather but I have to admit that even mm. when it's I feel the sun on me I it's just that extra layer isn't it of motivation mm-hmm mm-hmm Crazy. Absolutely. Now I want to speak to you, Jennifer, because obviously you're really passionate about really kind of shining a light on uh woman entrepreneurship. In particular, you know, you talked about being, you know, an engineer where very much has been dominated by by the male species. And yet I, I'm starting to see more and more female uh, engineers coming to the fore. And I know that you're a massive champion, you know, of that. Jennifer, how how can women entrepreneurs and, and engineers really raise amazing children while also having amazing careers? Because this is something that I, I have massive respect for uh, with women that are raising children and also raising a business or a career and are managing to juggle both. It's incredible.
0: Yeah, I think you really have to take a strategic approach. And a couple different ways that I think about that. One is the predictability and flexibility of your job, of your calling. Mm. and then the predictability and flexibility of your children at the stage of development that they're at. So for instance, a newborn, you're not going to be getting a lot of sleep. that's not that's not very sleep is not predictable. And mm-hmm. they're not very flexible either, right? Mm-hmm. They want a bottle, they want a bottle now. And so it it could benefit you to try to maybe move into a little bit of a backwater in a job to something that is more predictable and flexible. And not that all jobs that are predictable and flexible are backwater jobs, you know, a little bit smoother jobs. But sometimes that level of responsibility is related to the stress of the job.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you mean by backwater? It's not something that I've come across before. So you're teaching me. Yeah. So
0: if you think of a stream and kind of a stream that has um, almost like offshoots of of calmer waters, if you think of your career and your career is a marathon, right? It's not Hmm. just that time you're raising children. It's probably twice as long as that. And there might be times while you're raising children where you might want to take little, little less demanding roles, um, especially when they're very little, because of the the demands of parenting at that life stage for your children.
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting like point of view. Uh, thinking about the fact that we have to be mindful, especially women, have to be mindful of the of the stage of where their their children are in terms of their development, their needs. And then actually working in something that actually supports that, but also doesn't overstretch you. Is that, is that kind of what, what you're saying, being able to help women make better choices within uh, their careers and, and and have those moments of transition as, as the child develops?
0: Right. Ab- absolutely. Because if you like the balance, I, I do sort of like the balance analogy mm. and not that you're always level right sometimes one is higher one time is lower hmm. but you are the fulcrum to use an engineering term right you are the fulcrum of that balance um uh setup and so you need to maintain your own self-care and um presence to be with people at your job and as more and more importantly with your children and family.
1: Now, you mentioned this word calling, which, you know, for me, I I think I have an understanding of what that means Like for me. What what does it mean for you when you talked about, you know, needing to find the flexibility between your calling and also your your children's development? I'm fascinated by the word calling.
0: Yeah, one, the phrase that's worked for me for really most of my career is a passion for learning and a heartfelt desire to serve. So no matter what role you're in or where your children are you're realizing that you have to learn to perform well to perform at an excellent level in both of those arenas.
1: Do you feel like your focus towards women and maybe not men is that is the is the a, re- a reason for that or is that just because you are you know a, a mother and also a woman is that kind of why you feel focused on on that uh
0: i think i do have a strong um desire to give back i benefited from outreach for women in stem you know science technology engineering and math Mm. at a young age and i think it's an underserved group uh the society women engineers is probably one of the main organizations that addresses women engineers But this combination with motherhood isn't always talked about as much. So I think I do have sort of a niche uh, experience and an ability to serve that way. I also see male coaching clients as well. Um, And uh, I think I always put a plug in for being a male ally uh, when I work with my male clients.
1: Yeah, well, we need we need each other really, and and for me, the world's gone a bit mad in terms of uh, men trying to be women, we, women trying to be men, and I think there's something beautiful about um, the complement uh, of man of man and woman coming together. There's certainly things that I can see that women are way better than the men at just naturally gifted. Uh, I've often talked about how when I when I had my latest book launch uh, and I put my books on a table, I said to my friend, um, what do you think? And she said, uh, do you mind if I, um, you know, do my thing? And I said, no, please do. And I tell you what, she did it and it looked stunning. <laughs> Same books, but just knew how to maneuver stuff. I'm like, you know, men just need to get out of the way when, when women have that beautiful ability, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. so important. So that's really, really important, I think, um, you know, to have that. Now, you talked about balance, right? This is something that you obviously help. How are you helping women find that balance? What are the sort of things that you're doing? What do you kind of get women to really look at in particular, making sure that they're in balance?
0: Well, I think one of the first ones I'll hear if a woman is out of balance is sleep. You know, it's such a critical piece. And depending on your child's life stage, that can be very difficult to, together. So if I hear a woman's not sleeping well, we kind of talk about that. or there's some adjustments you could make either at home or at work that can make sure you're getting good sleep? And you're not always going to be able to get sleep, get good sleep. And you might not have gotten the sleep you got when you were um, early, you know, in your 20s and didn't have children yet, or didn't have responsibilities. Sometimes parenting comes with reduce sleep a little bit. And that doesn't mean that you can't function at work. Uh, It's just something to be aware of. Another one is just the passion for their job. If people are really burnt out on their job or, or even start to think about their job as something that's not that great that they're just doing while their kids are small or something like that. One of the things I try to help women to stay balanced in their job is to bloom where they're planted, right, to really find some way, somewhere that you're passionate about your job, you know, even if it is that phrase that I, that I shared, right, Uh, passion for learning and a heartfelt desire to serve, you can, you can kind of find that in, in any role. And when you have a better alignment with your values and your calling, the work life balance comes easier. Mm. Uh, you don't think about it as much. Mm. Uh, it's the allocation between the two just flows.
1: Mm. Now, in conversations with 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 women, as a, as a man, one thing that I really see where I don't see it uh, impede men as much is there's a there's a lot of mothers on the planet that really struggle to see themselves outside of being a mother. Have you mm. have you found found this? Because this is something for me that it's like everything is about their kids and and every choice decision to make is all about the children and there's nothing left for them.
0: Yeah, that can be um, a struggle for sure. So as for women engineers that have decided to use their degree to go into the workforce, you don't find that quite as much. Mm. I, I think they've invested a lot from four years at university in a pretty uh, demanding curriculum and um, went into the profession because it does pay better and it does offer a lot of opportunities. It can be seen as a helping pro- profession. Sometimes I think women might um, connect more with motherhood because it is more of a helping, nurturing piece, which connects with women's feminine energy. And not that all of us don't have feminine and masculine energy, but you know, somewhat. Women have more feminine energy, and that uh, career that that desire can be applied to engineering as well.
1: That's a really interesting insight. You know, as as a woman, that's probably quite uh, obvious, but maybe as a man hearing that, that's quite um, quite helpful to understand. You know, of course, you know, hearing it back, you know, I, I know that that women typically are more more nurturing uh and and more wanting to help and and so taking that that lead probably is a lot more natural uh the motherly instincts so there's probably uh, a lot to do with it as you said now jennifer you've achieved a lot in your life how did you know what to sacrifice uh, and what to hold on to because you've had to make some big choices mm-hmm. and seems like you're constantly having to make choices so how how do you navigate that
0: well, for sure, when I had children at home and a family, um, those were the big rocks, right? I love Stephen Covey's analogy of the big rocks that you put into your jar and then the other things kind of fall in around them. Mm-hmm. The if you're if you're juggling and you drop your work ball, you know, that's that's probably gonna be recoverable. Uh dropping the family or the kid ball, not a good idea, right? So you yeah. have to really focus uh, during that time period on the kids and maybe some other things get sacrificed Uh, for me. That's the way I chose to live my life and raise uh, my children um, who are, who are all doing very, very well, very successful, very well adjusted, um, following their passions as well. And the, um, I I really feel like I didn't have to make too many sacrifices maybe in my 20s when all my friends were going out and I had uh little ones uh that's that, that might have been a sacrifice at that time but it's it's paying back for it in my 50s when mm. a lot of them have little ones now and mm. and I'm uh have a lot more freedom
1: mm. so so for you is very much about looking at what has the biggest you know impact. On, on your life would really help navigate, you know, some of the choices and realizing that your children, obviously, I, I always think like I'm a father as well of three. I always think, you know, none of our children chose to be here. You know, we chose it for them, mm. you know, and, and, and we're here because of our parents' choice. Uh, And I do think that we have a massive responsibility to, to invest and to educate our children. Uh, So I do think there should be a, a massive focus on, you know their development uh, and not to the detriment of kind of raising strangers if it means we can't raise our own children right do you do you mm-hmm. feel like that's something that has really helped you navigate through some of these choices
0: yes definitely like so i don't know if you're referring to this but good childcare good quality childcare has definitely been a part of the equation throughout my whole career um mm. uh, when Uh, When I got married at 23, I, my seven-year-old stepson came to live with us as well. And then I had my first daughter, Amanda, a year after I got um, married and we had a woman and I worked um, eight and a half hour, nine and a half hour shifts, and then had every other Friday off, which Mm -hmm. sounds like it would be a great work schedule, but for a working mom, that longer working day is difficult. Mm -hmm. And we had a 50 mile one-way commute do not recommend. And that ended up, I needed a nanny at my house at before daycare even opened. So I really had to find a, a, a nanny at that time mm-hmm. uh, and had a wonderful nanny for about a year until we moved closer to family to lighten that load a little bit, but still often relied on summer nannies, um, summer camp.
1: Uh, mm-hmm.
0: My daughters both went to an overnight camp for six weeks In uh, northern Wisconsin, where they learn invaluable skills and have lifelong friends. Mm. And it was hard to say goodbye to them because I Mm. was really into my job as a mom, but Mm. uh, they are so much better off for it.
1: Mm. Yeah, it takes a lot of courage. And I think, you know, for me, I mean, parenthood is that fine balance of, well, in this case, give a child a fish, you'll feed them for the day, and teach them how to fish, and you'll feed them for a lifetime right there's there's moments where we absolutely need to be there and actually there's times where maybe we're not but actually the lesson is much more greater because in in the real world we have to be able to stand on on our own two feet right
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. now one thing i wanted to ask you we kind of touched on this a little bit because i think you know for me you know we live in a world where there's men and women and um you know we're all trying to do the best that we can. And we have different challenges, I think, as, as, as men and women, but I'd love to know as a, as a man, uh, Jennifer, what, what is the best thing that a man can do to get the best out of a woman and to really support uh, a woman right now in, in today's world, in, in the world of entrepreneurship, what, what as a man can I do?
0: I think it really is better listening skills, uh, f- For whatever reason, and I've even heard some things are biological, like if a woman has a very, men don't hear at the same registers that women hear, and especially if a woman has a higher pitched voice, it may be difficult for a man to catch that at first. Uh, I've found that with a gentleman that reported to me, two female engineers reported to him and complained about him. And, uh, you know, that he he would sort of steal their ideas. They would share an idea and it would be later shared by him. Or uh, there's a term mansplaining when you explain something and then later a man kind of says the same thing for you Um, (laughs) can be very invalidating, really, rather than, oh, you know, building on what Jen said and then go on is a, a better way to do it. And going back to the story of the manager after I kind of shared that with them and even shared, Hey, maybe there's a biology out for you here that, you know, you just have to put an extra focus on listening to women. And it, and it was like magic. The women that reported to him, um, Eileen and Susie both said, I don't know what you did with Bob, but it's, it's been great. Uh, So sometimes it's just that attention to listening. It's real simple, but for whatever reason, um you know men don't always listen to women it can be that women provide too much detail sometimes and that can be kind of noise in the system uh so working to summarize for men sometimes helps also short words pictures
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting hearing that a bit but listening is something that i think um I think we can all we can all do for sure. I think you're kind of letting that guy off the hook a little bit with, with the the tone of a woman's voice. I can't say that I could ever use that one as an excuse. If I'm honest, I, it's not one that, even reflecting on it now, is it the way somebody talks that would prevent me from hearing what they say? I don't think it is. So I think I think that one is call is bluff. But uh, but if the result if the result is. And obviously, you know that says a lot. And maybe it is the case for him. I just find that really, yeah, int- interesting, hilarious. And then, and then, role reversal, Jennifer. Uh, as a woman, what's the best way you think you can get the best out of men? Um,
0: really, you know, the same thing with employees—just leveraging their strengths. Really, mm-hmm. really understanding what they're good at and what they want to do. And, um, you know, sometimes what your budget allows or doesn't allow to do, right, if there's some things that end up being outsourced, that's one of my balancing techniques, right, is to outsource things, um, do that, um, and really get them aligned to the to the vision with the children, right, that, you know, we're here, um, we're here for each other first, but a quick second is, the the long-term health and well-being and happiness of the children to be raised as responsible adults.
1: Yeah I really feel like it it needs some air to be able to breathe right because it's quite clear that that women haven't been appreciated and there is still areas of male domination right and I think the interesting thing is is for for men like myself who I would say are very like open respectful encouraging of and and i'm willing to learn and 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 to take leadership from a woman absolutely like so for me i find it kind of interesting when you know i'm in i'm in that where women are pushing up against like men that aren't that way and then actually Mm -hmm. i feel like it then has a bit of a challenge for men like me where we almost feel hesitant to lead because we're then not wanting to overimpose you know that that it has become a, a bit of a a difficulty, I think, and we we need to come together now to to really show the real symphony of actually what can be created between a man and woman, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that's difficult, isn't it? Because it's like I'm wanting to encourage more, uh, but also wanting to give space for for lead, and then naturally, you know, I I'm a leader and I love to organize and I love to. I love to plan. So what would be some of your thoughts on that?
0: Well, really looking at it as a collaboration and and looking at whatever the task is or what you're doing is a problem to be solved together, Mm. right? And throwing out different approaches, kind of hypotheses. That's another kind of engineering approach to things. What is your problem statement? What is your hypothesis? What is the information you know? how can you solve this problem together? What's the best solution? How can we accept the solution? Who's going to implement the solution mm. is kind of a, a engineering thought process. Mm. So um, I think that uh, approach can help maybe not so rigidly talking about those terms, but thinking mm. about them as you move through whatever you're working on. Mm. And, um, you know, ultimately not being too, Um, having a sense of humor and having fun in what you're doing. Right. You know, parenthood is an, is an art and a science and a practice and uh, same thing with your, your work and your career. Mm. So uh, you have to, you know, take it seriously, but don't always take yourself so seriously uh, to not, you know, to keep things somewhat light in Mm. that symphony
1: I know that you've taken a lot of risks in your time and I feel like, you know, the old adage, no risk, no reward. Why do you feel that it's important that we keep taking risks when it comes to our own personal growth? What is it about risk taking that you've really seen in terms of the the trajectory of your of your own development and, and success?
0: Well, two two things. One is that I really have a lot of options at this the later stage of my career because of the diversity of my career in the beginning. And that diversity was really created by making many, many pivots. Um, you know, and unusually usually I'd always have some like an anchor foot uh, to pivot on. So for instance, I worked in engineering and construction and then I pivoted to another company, a, a bigger company uh, buying engineering and construction services. So it was a pivot uh, and a risk for sure, moving into procurement supply chain, uh, which is an aligned position, but that experience in supply chain now has, has served me for a long time. And it gives me an option. If I wanted to go back into supply chain at some point, there's a chance I could get a job back in supply chain, especially in a leadership role. Mm. And then the other piece is really addressing the pay gap between men and women Engineers, it's about twenty percent. Um, no matter where, how you look at it, or where you look at it, I think in the UK you actually have to report on it. Uh, companies have to of a certain size have to make that reporting, and you try to look at reasons why that's the case, right? Um, certainly, women may uh, may face unconscious bias and implicit bias in the jobs and not be thought of as a leader, the man is thought of as the leader and, and selected for additional roles. Um, but the, there's another piece to it, too, about being willing to take risks, uh, not only career risks, but being able to take risks operationally and make the tough decisions that way. Uh, so risk taking really is a part of a successful career.
1: Mm i agree i think i think jennifer one thing that's really refreshing about you is that you're not bitter or angry i feel like you're coming at this in the in the right way in terms of rather than kind of like casting judgment frustration anger because of maybe limitations and maybe uh, not being treated like equally like as as men but i feel like you're really kind of leading that in a a much more positive way Mm -hmm. but but fundamentally to achieve the same outcome which is you know, equality and fairness and opportunity.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank thank you. Yeah. It's definitely, it's, I think it's been a journey. Mm. Um, and it's kind of interesting, like growing up, I had three sisters and a brother and my brother is the apple of my mother's eye. <laughs> there was a little bit of a um, experiment right in our own household where there was some male favoritism and my, um, my father as well. They were married in uh 1950. So they were very traditional gender role family. My mother never worked outside the home for I think she had a job for three weeks. And when they found out she was pregnant, she quit. Yep. <laughs> so so um, you know, having having seen some of that uh patriarchy, mm-hmm. uh I I, I kind of feel like you can't beat it. You might as well join it Mm -hmm. and uh, leverage the aspects of both. Sometimes it does seem unfair. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Uh, Sometimes it does seem like you have to be the squeaky wheel Mm -hmm. to get attention. Mm -hmm. Um, Or just the, you know, have a kind of leverage what you can to make sure um, that your influence is made. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because it can be, you know, women can kind of be sometimes kind of regulated to the corner a
1: bit mm. yeah i can see how it hasn't affected you negatively though you just have this great energy to kind of just uh want to make a difference and show show people a different way which i think is refreshing what are you what are you working on right now uh jennifer is there is there a project that you're really kind of focused on and, and enjoying right now
0: yes so i'm uh taking yoga teacher training okay So I'm about uh, 95% complete. I've been doing it for a couple months and I have a uh, property in near Seattle, Washington that has two big sheds on it Mm -hmm. and we were just using them for storage. And then I was like, Hey, one of these could be a yoga studio. Mm -hmm. So I'm also uh, got the shed all cleaned out and taught a first class to uh, five family members. My 91 year old mother. I oh. did this just this past weekend for Mother's Day, oh. and my uh, sisters—my one sister's about seventy, my other sister's about sixty, and then a cousin in her sixties as well—was my first class. And we just did a, a chair yoga class for a half hour, uh, but that was that's my kind of my new interest, and the the plan is to teach maybe just a, a class or two a week uh, for a while, and then at some point, if my career Um, goes to less hours, uh, teach more classes. And I have about parking for 15 cars. And I'm going to call it boss, babe, yoga, that we're all bosses. You're either bosses of ourselves or bosses of our family or bosses at work. Uh, And we need ways to uh, shift gears quickly to be able to get all that done. Mm. And I find yoga is one great way to do that.
1: Definitely, I think that we need to honor the different parts of uh, our humanity, whether it's the mind, the the spirit, um, the physical body, you know, and I find that yoga kind of touches on, on a lot of that, which I think is one of the reasons why it's so popular, because it is such a calming thing, great for the mind, great for the spirit, and also the body as well. And to be able to touch on those, I think is one of the draws, right? Mm hmm.
0: Mm hmm.
1: Jennifer, how do people find out more about you? Um, and is there maybe one last thing that you want to leave people just to really take away uh, from today's uh, great interview with yourself?
0: Sure. So for career coaching, I uh, am in a partnership with a gentleman Luke Feldmeyer, and our website is online leadership training. Dot com, and that's where you can uh, find about our career coaching packages. And then for life coaching or executive coaching, you can reach out to me directly through LinkedIn. I'm uh, Jennifer Corslin Marvin on LinkedIn.
1: Lovely. And maybe one one last thought for us to really kind of take away from from today.
0: Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Because both can be challenging, but both can be so rewarding. You're with your children for your entire lifetime. You know, my 91 year old mother, I call her every day, and I would hope when I'm 91, my kids are checking in on me regularly and hanging out with me. And uh, you really need to plant the seeds for that in the the an early window.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, parenting is not like to a certain age, it is for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And I always find it's quite an interesting kind of metaphor between children and our businesses, because, you know, when we have a startup, we often identify it as a baby. Um, And then as the baby grows, you know, it no longer needs to be molly coddled uh, it needs to be able to stand on its own two feet have an identity make some mistakes you know and, and i feel like that's a, an amazing parallel but it is so important that mm-hmm. as we transition through life that that we adjust and what we give to our children or to our business also evolves and changes right which is pretty much kind of what we've really captured uh today on on this episode which has been mm-hmm. rich and really good so thank you jennifer
0: you're welcome thank you yeah i love i love that furtherance of the analogy right yeah Yeah,
1: absolutely it is it is the fact that life is a is a is a mosaic of the brutal and the beautiful and and the journey in between i guess is what really makes life life
0: Mm -hmm. thank you jennifer thank you
1: thank you for joining this episode with me max sefton i hope you've really enjoyed it Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes and I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.